Motiva, again, adding a brain behind your, your you know, well-known outreach platforms like Outreach, Sales Off, these kinds of things, using artificial intelligence to help drive that. Founded in 2016, now nine people remote, uh, about, you know, caught a couple dozen customers doing about 150 grand per month right now in revenue. That's up doubled year over year. They're doing about 70 grand per month just a year ago. Average ACV, especially first year, is about 50 grand, but they're expanding that contract value quickly. Net revenue retention annually about 140% as people add more contacts into the platform. Hello, everyone. My guest today is David Gutelius. He is the CEO and founder of a company called Motiva AI, partner at Venture Studio, the Data Guild. Uh, David is a serial entrepreneur. Previously, he founded Social Kinetics, which was sold to Red Brick Health, and Proxima Labs, which was sold to Jive Software. He served as chief social scientist at Jive and part of the team that took Jive to an IPO in 2011. He began his career as a program manager for DARPA's Calo, the largest machine learning project funded by the U.S. government. Today, he's an active early stage investor and advisor. David, are you ready to take us to the top absolutely all right uh let's talk about the company what do you guys do and what's your revenue model motive is all about using machine learning at scale to help our customers both on the b2b side and b2c side develop deeper relationships with customers so at the end of the day what we're trying to do is use ai to create trust between humans that's really what we're up to any sector focus or anyone Really anyone, what we're finding is we're having some really great success in healthcare and life sciences around patient engagement, but it, it really uh, goes across all sectors and, and verticals. So, pretty so interesting. G- give me an example of healthcare. So, so let's dive deep onto that use case for a second. How would a healthcare provider use you? Yeah, absolutely. So you could use us in a number of different ways, but one way would be on the kind of acquisition, patient acquisition side. So provider system looking to get the right patients in the door. We can help them identify who those uh, folks are and develop messaging strategies that really appeal to those people in a deeper, more personal way. And that's really kind of the secret sauce is to use learning to personalize and engage folks in a much more uh, meaningful way. But this is all happening pre-sale, not post-sale. Correct. Yeah. That, so that use case is pre-sale, but you could think of kind of you know, staying with healthcare. Uh, more of a patient engagement use case. So they've seen the doc already and now it's time for a follow-up and we can be in the middle of that exchange, not necessarily with humans in the mix, but with machines kind of driving the communication between the back and forth between the patient and provider. Um, and again, using the learning to optimize how we engage that patient. Uh, so the whole point is to kind of deepen that relationship over time, keep those patients or customers depending on the vertical, engaged and growing that relationship in terms of the, not just sort of personal human depth, but also the the revenue as well. So I imagine my audience, when they're hearing this, they're going, okay, wait, like it's kind of in marketing engagement to drive a sale and then engagement post-sale to drive activation and maybe expansion revenue. And they might think, well, like we'll use outreach for this or something like that. How would you be different than like what Manny is building at outreach? Yeah, absolutely. So the the way to think about us is kind of a brain for those outreach type platforms. Uh, We hook into the major marketing automation engines like Eloqua, like Responsus, all those sorts of traditional modes of actually, you know, reaching out and and engaging folks at at some level. The difference with Motiva, though, is really that we're using some new generation machine learning to understand what strategies work, understand what strategies don't, do more of the stuff that works all automatically for you. So it's really about trying to scale kind of human team's ability to connect with their end audiences. That's kind of the, the bottom line. And it sounds like you have a lot of different cohorts you're working with here, but what would you say on average, right, a brand or a customer is paying you to use this technology? 
Uh, sorry, can you rephrase that? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm simply asking average ACV, right? I'm sure you have a lot of different cohorts, but on average, what's the company pay to use this? Oh, right. So it's anywhere from on the low side, about $20,000 a year, all the way up to a couple of million. Okay. And I assume you probably have power laws. The biggest customers make up, call it 40, 50% of the, of the revenue in some cases. But would you say, I mean, average is closer to 30, 40K per year? Average, I would say it's probably about 50. About 50. Okay. Fairly healthy. So that's, a, that's enough of a price point where you can kind of afford to put touch on the sale and kind of have an inside sales machine. Do you have an inside sales machine? What's your acquisition look like? Yeah, so the acquisition model is uh, very savvy using some of our own technology to identify the right kinds of customers and kind of nurture them through on an account basis. Um, so it is, a you know, in that sense, a traditional sales, enterprise sales model to B2B. Um, the inside inside sales team is me because we're scrappy and tiny. <laughs> how, many, how many people total right now? So we've got nine total. I love that. Small and scrappy. That's great. And uh, put this on a timeline for us. When did you launch? Uh, so we launched in 16, but we stayed stealth for about 18 months and came out in 17. So we've only been out for you know, more or less a year or so. And ever, are the whole team's in Reno? No, we're split all over the place. We've got um, a, a couple of folks in Japan. We've got folks in Toronto, Canada, and the Bay Area. And I'm the, the sole uh, operator. Okay. <laughs> so not nine, nine remote. That's good. Total freedom. That's and uh, right. <laughs> what have you guys, so over the past call it year, what have you scaled to in terms of total customers using the platform? Uh, we don't really talk about that. We're a little bit uh, still under the covers there, um, but uh, it's uh, it's a couple dozen. Okay, a couple dozen. Yeah. Is that what you said? Okay, <laughs> very good. And um, and walk me through the getting these first customers. You mentioned, obviously, you're kind of the inside sales machine. How are you training kind of your you know Motiva brain to, to figure out what kind of accounts to go after? Mm. Yeah, so it's a lot about um, identifying characteristics that we think are good fits, especially where we are as a company early on. So as a founder, kind of serial founder, what I've found is that, you know, personally reaching out once we've identified kind of a cohort to go after, really personally reaching out as a founder, CEO and establishing a, a trusting relationship and then building on that sort of basis of early, more progressive customers to both understand what is working in our product and maybe what still needs some work and then also where to go next in terms of uh, outreach to, to new customers. So it's, it's a very kind of hands-on model. Mm -hmm. Have you bootstrapped this or have you decided to raise capital? We bootstrapped it uh, for about a year and then decided that we needed some growth capital injected. So we did a very small round uh, in 16, just essentially with you know folks that, that I knew. Uh, and we've been growing organically ever since. Okay. So how much total in the company to date? Uh, we don't talk about that either. <laughs> okay. Well, why not out of curiosity? Uh, you know, the, the venture capital market loves to gossip about these things and we like to just, uh, keep it quiet and keep it modest until we're ready to, to publicize that sort of information. Yeah. By the way, I, I actually... I actually, if you listen to my interviews, we've interviewed about 3000 B2B SaaS CEOs. I actually much more appreciate a bootstrap story versus a funded one. So I'm not, it sounds like you feel like I'm judging you because you might not have a sexy headline that you've raised 20 million bucks at a billion dollar valuation. I'm generally just curious to get to the, a couple dozen customers and the stage you're at today, how much you've raised to do that. I mean, are we talking a couple, you know, less than a million bucks or less than 10? Can you give me a range? Oh yeah, it it was around a million dollars for our seed round. Yeah, that's great. And 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 um, yeah, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate it. Um, talk to me too. I mean, you're only uh, you know caught a year, a year and a half in, but churn's critical in any SaaS company. How do you think about your churn? 
Very good question. So what we like to do just in terms of the product itself and the way that it's designed is create experiences on the customer side where it is really well aligned with the user's careers themselves, if that makes sense. So really the way that we think about the product is almost uh, an extension of the, the human marketer for us, um, an, an augmentation of kind of what they're able to do. So we love making them heroes. And the way that we've designed the product is all about giving them confidence sort of in, in what we do in terms of the marketing optimization, but also in the sense of um, allowing them to demonstrate impact in their organization. So pay a lot of attention to metrics and a lot of attention to very easy to understand reporting that they can kind of review internally with their stakeholders, whether it's their boss or their large organization or peers. So it's really for us, we think about churn as how do we build relationships for our main stakeholders on the other end of that table um, and, and really think about that as a, a, a relationship that we you know, nurture in a very personal way. Well, and David, just to push harder here, I mean, your ability to deliver on all those goals you just so articulately delivered is measured by churn. So what is your churn today and how do you continue to drive that down? Oh, so the actual churn (laughs) is uh, zero. We haven't lost a single customer. Any downgrades? No. No. Okay. We, and yeah, the, the way that we price uh, would make it difficult to kind of downgrade. You're, you're either kind of on the platform or, or, you're off. <laughs> okay. So it's based on the number, essentially the size of the audience that you're dealing with in terms of marketing and, and outreach. Literally um, number of contacts so is the pricing yeah, axis. Exactly. That's right. What other pricing okay. axes do you use? Uh, that's it. Uh, we, you know, it's full IO, whatever data you need to support that level of uh, outreach. It's all about the unique number of people you're trying to reach out to in your in your audience. Mm-hmm. So because you've had no gross revenue churn, obviously your net revenue retention, if you have any expansion, is going to be above 100 percent. How far above 100 percent are you today? Are we talking like 110 or 150 or higher? Uh, we're probably, yeah, we're probably one. 40 off the top of my head. Yeah, 130, 140. And, and what does that mean to you in terms of a signal that you have no churn? You know, the obvious one is, oh, that's great. It's a healthy company. But you could argue the other side very easily and say, well, you're priced too yeah. cheaply. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And, and as an entrepreneur, I always worry about that is kind of where are, are we really hitting our sweet spot? The, the thing that I guess I've come to realize is just it's early enough where we want to get points on the board. We want to make sure we can tell those really compelling stories to, to new customers down the road. So I don't mind, <laughs> you know, the case if it's in early days, um, you know, we're, we're mispriced a little bit. We'll figure that out as we go. It's really about those relationships and the stories we tell out of these, you know, first days. Yep. And help me understand, you've been through this a few times, so you understand trends and cycles and aggressive versus pullback. How aggressive are you being right now in terms of acquiring new customers? And let's, for the sake of the example, use your average of a $50,000 ACV. What would you spend to acquire that customer? Oh, not much. Uh, It's really about very personal outreach. Um, I would say it's probably total. Fully weighted. if 400, 500 bucks. Okay. For that, for that customer. Now I don't have a sales force. So that's a big, <laughs> well, you, I mean, you look at you oh, and your salary, right? If you're doing inside sales, you're taking demos, calls flying around, you're including your, you know, your salary into that as well. Yeah. That's, that's okay. about right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really, I mean, that's really healthy. So, so, I mean, why not spend more to drive growth? That's a really healthy payback period. 
Yeah, because we want to get the product right. If this is what's a little bit. But different. you have no churn, David. No, no, no. But that's not the question. It's really about the machine learning product itself. And in my experience, this has been one of the biggest challenges in creating kind of machine learning products that scale massively. So we're still in the early days of trying to figure out what's going to work, both from a kind of pure deep technology perspective and sort of the problems that we're solving. And we really need to get that mix right in order to make sure that we can support the level of growth that you know we, we'd like to get to. So it's, it's really about just making sure that that mix is right before we expand and you know, really put it into the top of the funnel, really drive that, that you know, shape of that funnel in a different way. But, but David, so some, something though about the feedback here loop isn't matching up because what you just told me is you feel like you're not totally efficient yet. There are still things you can work on. However, yeah. you're not churning any customers. So what signals are you using to figure out if you're doing right or doing wrong? Uh, so the main signal that I'm using right now is just um, how long it takes to land a customer. So that's the length of the sales cycle. Which is what? Um, it's generally about eight months to get to from beginning to end. <clears throat> and then I think the the onboarding process of helping customers really get used to everything that they can do with Motiva. Um, so that's a design question. It's an onboarding question. And this is, a again, something I've faced over and over again with machine learning products before is, is making sure that design is right so that customers can really be as independent as possible. And I would say we still got stuff to lock down on that side to make sure that onboarding is right, make sure that those teams really can use the product in the way it was intended. So there's still some learning that we need to do, I think, there. David, my audience is not going to understand an eight-month sales cycle at a $500 CAC. If Usually, if you have an eight-month sales cycle, you're talking thousands in CAC. Help me understand yeah. that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's to do with, uh, I think, the decision that I've made to... Uh, not go kind of mass market and really tailor the early customers to kind of the best value customers that we can have as a company right now, you know, which is, uh, you know, particular kinds of customers that have a mix of, um, in our, in our case, kind of marketing ops professionals who can really use the product and really exercise its power. So what we've done is kind of throttle that back not spent a lot on kind of acquiring the the revenue and really tried to get the the product to a state where we can scale it. Um, yeah, but you're the only, just to be clear though, you're the only one doing sales in, internally, correct? Yeah. <laughs> David, you're the, I just want to make sure I understand this. You're the only one doing sales internally, correct? Yes, correct. Yes, I mean, there. if you're including, if, you, if you've you added 30, a couple, you said a couple dozen, let's assume it's 36, right? So it'll be aggressive, 36 customers. I mean, there's no way you're including whatever you're paying yourself in that fully weighted CAC cost. You're basically looking at that and either you're not paying yourself and you look at it as sweat equity because you've had exits in the past and that's why your CAC is so low. I mean, is that fair? Yeah, I have a low salary, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, but even if it's low as even if it's low, as low as fifty thousand bucks, right? And you've got and you've spent your time adding thirty six customers, thirty six into fifty thousand, that's fifteen hundred bucks in CAC right there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I don't have time to go after that level of customer right now. And I've got, you know, other duties as CEO, uh, including like, you know, running product. And what do you mean? What do you mean that level of customer? The, that number of customers at once, why we've kind of throttled back uh, and not gone off after, you know, the, more than basically the customer pipeline that we've got right now. Well, your so CAC it very slowly, very carefully. Your CAC would be higher if you're going after less customers than 36 on the same salary. Let's say you're only going after three customers. I'm saying that I can't handle that many, <laughs> so I wouldn't. 
I know that that's feeding my point though. So let's assume that you were paying yourself a very low salary of 50,000 bucks per year. And in an average year, you don't handle 36. You can't handle that many. Let's see, you only handle 10. That's a 5k CAC. That's a, actually a higher CAC. I'm just trying to understand you're not including your personal salary or whatever you pay yourself in that fully weighted CAC number. Yeah, I am. I am. We, we pay virtually nothing besides my time. We do a little bit of advertising, a little bit of, of outreach on uh, yeah, kind of sponsored blog posts, but that's that's the extent of it. Yeah, but David, sorry, the math isn't adding up. $500 CAC, and you're, let's say you're handling less than 30 cus- new customers a year. If I take 30 customers times a $500 CAC, and assuming that CAC is only your salary, that's $15,000 per year in salary. That's true. Yeah, that's... The that's, math doesn't work. So where am I going wrong? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Maybe we're spending, yeah, a, a different amount than uh, that I have off the top of my head. It's it's not much and it is only me, so... <laughs> yeah, the reason I'm pushing so hard on this, by the way, is people build models around sales rep productivity. And usually the first sales rep is the founder. And I just want to make sure that I'm not giving them unrealistic expectations. You, There is no way, based on these numbers, that you're including whatever you're paying yourself in that CAC number, unless you're paying yourself... 15,000 bucks a year or lower. Yeah. Right. No, it's, it's around 40 K. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so, so again, let's say you're only handling 30 customers on that. I mean, that, that would be a CAC that's much higher than 500 bucks. So you see what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. No okay. Idea. Okay. Got it. Got it. Cool. You're, you're right. I just want to make sure I, I just thank you for cleaning that up. I want to make sure I didn't miss that. Um, uh, okay. So nine people remote, you're perfecting the system before you double down on kind of scaling, uh, less than a million bucks raised at this point, couple dozen customers call it maybe 36. And you said earlier, $50,000 kind of ACV average that would put you at about 150 grand per month right now on revenue. Is that about right? It's about right. And, and what's growth look like? So go take me back a year. What were you doing per month? Growth probably between again, kind of throttling it back. It's, it's sort of engineered this way, but between ten to twenty percent, just given given the month. Okay. So trying not to, to add too many on per month, um, and just you know grow sustainably. What, what, what's the year over year though? So one hundred fifty k today. Go back to October, November twenty seventeen. What were you doing that month? Uh, so October twenty seventeen. It was that was probably that was when we first. Um, that was when we first came out. So it's more like 70K. Okay, good. So about maybe doubling year over year. Yeah. 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 That's great. Fair, Fair enough. enough. <laughs> good. All right. Let's wrap up here uh, with easier questions. Uh, number one, what's your favorite business book? <laughs> My favorite business book is Nudge by Richard Thaler. It's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, you know, uh, in terms of CEO, Roy Bahat, he's not a typical CEO, but Roy Bahat at Bloomberg Ada. Yeah. Uh, number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your company? Oh gosh. Google apps. Yep. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I get eight and a half to nine. Okay. And what's your situation? Married, single kiddos, married, no kiddos, no kids. And how old are you? Uh, I am 47, 47 years young. Last question, David, what do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Uh, to take it easy, not sweat so much, not stress so much. It Guys, all works out. 
There you have it. Take it easy. Motiva, again, adding a brain behind your, your you know, well-known outreach platforms like Outreach, Sales Off, these kinds of things, using artificial intelligence to help drive that. Founded in 2016, now nine people remote, uh, about, you know, caught a couple dozen customers doing about 150 grand per month right now in revenue. That's up doubled year over year. They're doing about 70 grand per month just a year ago. Average ACV, especially first year, is about 50 grand, but they're expanding that contract value quickly. Net revenue retention annually about 140% as people add more contacts into the platform. David, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Hey, thanks, Nathan. Have a good one.